The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the boys are geared up for spring turkey hunting. So wintertime turkey scouting, chokes and loads, turkey calling strategies and techniques, how wild turkeys in water go hand in hand, bow hunting for turkeys, population statistics, decoying turkeys, and much more. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, here's Jim and Trav. With me. That was Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. I was a bit disappointed that Jimbo wasn't joining us. That's my endless love for turkey hunting. What a day! We're talking about spring turkey hunting on today's show. Why didn't you join in? Bunny's right. Well, I I didn't want to feel like a third wheel. You are the third <laughs> in a duet. <laughs> That'd be a truet? No, a, a trio. trio. A truet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Spring turkey hunting. Let's talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited. What's uh, Later on the show, I think he's slated for our last interview, Wade Bourne. Oh. Uh, God, I love that man. Wade Bourne. Uh, he's going to be joining us. Yeah. And also, then, uh, how about Denny Golvis? Yeah, Denny Galvis, Uh He's going to be joining us. The custom call maker and videographer, James Earl Kenimer, NWT. It's, Chief. It is James Earl. <laughs> NW, when, you, when you talk to him, he's James Earl, how you doing? NWTF Chief uh, Conservation Officer. He's going to be talking to us as well about turkey water or how turkeys like water or turkeys need water. What is it? I was going to say, isn't there an alcohol that's turkey something? Turkey? Yeah, wild, wild turkey. turkey. Yeah. Wild and, turkey. And of course, Hold Ron on. Spomer. Oh, Ron sorry, I'm, We're missing somebody. He well, was short. Because you can always look over him. <laughs> I, was, I was honestly, sorry, I wasn't trying to ignore you. I was like, who else? Ron Spomer. Oh, nobody. <laughs> I'm not just joking. The gnome of gnome. All right, so you're being joined by Mrs. Bunny right now. What's up? What's up? Mrs. Bunny. And I'll give it all to you. I think I already have. My love. My love. My love. My, my precious love. Endless love. All right, so uh, Mrs. Bunny, to me. we're going to be talking. You're so precious, sweetheart. Uh, I knew I was right. I want to jump into, first of all, population decline. Everybody thinks that uh, wild turkeys are on the rise. Uh, maybe well, the consumption of the drink, like you were saying, is. Uh, <laughs> but the overall uh, national numbers have decreased 15%. Well, well, I mean, they've come back from I mean, historic lows. They, I mean, they've made a huge comeback. But however, you're right. The national numbers have decreased 15% from those historic lows. Um, highs mostly because of essential habitat loss and things like the loss of CRP and all Jim these. cutting down trees. Yeah, That's it. you know, just a lot, a lot of essential habitat loss. So um, we lose six six thousand acres of wildlife habitat every day. That is two point two million acres um, each year. That that size is like the size of Yellowstone National Park. Who is tearing up this much habitat? <laughs> well, you, I, I want to know. I mean, we're not talking. Oh, I lost a buck. No, I mean seriously. That you is, lost I mean, Yellowstone National six, Park. Six thousand acres a day. That's a lot. That's well, like what? Yeah. About, like, I mean, oh, I misplaced uh, two point two million acres. Yeah, we well, just lost okay. Rhode Island. Yeah. I can't remember. You know, we did. We <laughs> we talked about statistics on the show um, not too long back about um, uh, how farmers have turned their fields that for profit because of ethanol. They've taken it out of CRP and put it back into farmland. You know, and well, with the new farm bill, though, they're not going to be doing that. Well, but I'm just saying that there's been a lot of habitat loss in that way. And, you know, there's just a lot of habitat loss. So, yeah, uh, the size of Yellowstone National Park, that's how much uh, we lose in habitat wildlife every day. So there's like a, a real reason why, why numbers are decreasing and not just in turkeys, but in a lot of different species. But anyways, South Dakota has had a 25 percent decline in Merriam turkeys. Um, Arkansas, 34 percent decline in Easterns. Texas, 30 percent decline in Easterns. New York has had a 20 year overall low population of just turkeys in general. Pennsylvania has had continued population decline in historic um, wild turkey strongholds. And Mississippi has had a 43% decline in eastern wild turkeys in a short 
period from 2004 to 2009. Well, I mean, in, that's a massive decline in just five years. Yeah, but in New York's defense, I mean, look at all the work that Bloomberg and stuff has done in the past building great habitat for idiots. <laughs> um, it's a sanctuary. That, making, you would think that the turkey sir would thrive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, so, it's crazy. So we really need, like, um, we're going to be talking with uh, James Earl Kenimer. Uh, talking about uh, watersheds or um, guzzlers, and, guzzlers. Sorry, I yeah. could I was brain dead again. Uh, well, uh, little habitat projects we really should be doing. Yeah, uh, to find out more about this, uh, National Wild Turkey Federation is doing something called Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt, and they're trying to raise a, uh, a quota of money. awareness, right? Awareness, but also a quota of money to try to um, uh, turn this around. So, anyways, check that out at nwtf.org. With more money comes more awareness. That's it. And All everybody right. needs to. And I want to put this in before we get to James Earl on, but. Uh, Everybody needs to be a member of National Wild Turkey Federation. I agree. Yeah, they, they work with a lot of different organizations like uh, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and uh, Ducks Unlimited and so forth. And they, they go together and they help one another out on these various projects. And so any uh, organization, conservation organization, Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, uh, Deer Forever, uh, you need to be a part of that and just become a member. Habitat yeah. restoration at the end of the day is beneficial to all, all wildlife. Species. It doesn't matter. It yeah. does not matter. Now let's talk about killing wildlife life okay um <laughs> the I true love, conservation effort i like I'm, I'm a hunter i like to harvest and i do like to harvest turkeys with a bow and um there's a, a special way you need to do this if you want to be successful and ethical um and one re, you know not to not we're on a lot of stations in texas but the old texas hard shot is uh, one of the best methods of taking a turkey with a bow. Truly it is. Yeah. Uh, when a strutting bird turns directly away from you, you aim to hit him at the base of the fan or right above his business. You know what I'm talking about. I that, call that the dirty south. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> this ends up, that'll, it'll end up breaking his back, but it also gives you penetration into the chest cavity. So it's a good shot to take um, if, if they're turning away from you when you're bow hunting. Yeah. So um, another shot, broadside. And uh, if the bird's broadside, you aim for the wing butt and this will break at least one of the wings and will also penetrate the lungs mm-hmm. uh, the last one uh, you only take this shot if it's close and everything's perfect um, the gobbler's head is up you aim to shoot him right on the top of the waddles so for this to be effective you need to be shooting a broadhead that's really designed for neck shots uh, there's a lot of them on um, on the market there's some called the, gui- the guillotine or yeah. the magnus bullhead but um, overall not much can be a two blade um, mechanical broadhead for accuracy I don't so. like talking about the waddles because I feel as though you're giving Jim information on how to take me out. <laughs> Shoot him right above the waddles, Jim. He'll drop like a rock. Well, I was thinking I would have to have an expandable broadhead that would uh, be about two and a half feet across if I were shooting at one. I Not wanted... that good with a bow. Now, have you ever taken a turkey with a bow? No, I never have. No, how many turkeys have you harvested uh, throughout your turkey hunting career? Eh, probably about a dozen. Really? That's not too many. No. no I, I would have thought it would have been more than that. Now, you have gotten your Grand Slam. Yeah, I got the Grand Slam. And matter of fact, I did it in one spring season. It took me seven weeks to do it. A lot of people hunt their whole life and don't get it. But my first was the Osceola. And then I uh, I took the Rio, the Eastern, and then finally the Miriam now, in Colorado. You've never gotten the Oscillated. No, that's down in Central America, and I, I'm not into that. And uh, the, or the, the Goulds. Goulds. Yeah. International travel, don't think so. For a turkey, you're a turkey if you do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're really pretty birds, the Oscillated. Yeah, they're I mean, beautiful. They're yeah, gorgeous. It's like a, it looks like you're a peacock. shooting a peacock. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. does. They taste, yeah. Well, the thing is, they taste like peacock. I've never had peacock. Peacock bass. <laughs> <laughs> they really taste fishy. <laughs> kind of crazy. All right, so we are talking about spring turkey hunting on today's show. Coming up after the break, though, James Earl Kenimer with NW. WTF, he is the Chief Conservation Officer. You're going to conserve? you got to do it. Do it also with WTF. Yeah, and then we've got... Uh, uh, Danny Galvis. And uh, Ron Spomer. Ron Spomer, Wade Bourne. Mrs. Bunny is with us. Uh, Mrs. Bunny, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Yes. All right, so uh, we want to say check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Adventures of Dad and Me. Watch our webisodes. You can also find us on Outdoor Channel's website, OutdoorChannel.com forward slash Revolution. How about Ruger? Ruger.com. High Mountain Seasonings. H-I-M-D-N also Cabela's World's Foremost Outfitter Cabela's.com We gotta get to a break James Earl Kenimer He is coming up next Here is a word from Mark Don't go anywhere boys and girls We'll return in just a minute We'll punch you down Outdoor Channel on Talking Turkey 
During pre-colonial times, turkeys were abundant, with some estimates as high as 10 million birds. But by the early 1900s, they appeared to be on the road toward extinction, as unregulated hunting and widespread logging had wiped them out over much of their range. When the NWTF was founded in 1973, there were approximately 1.5 million wild turkeys left in North America. But after 40 years of dedicated work, the wild turkey made an incredible comeback to the estimated 7 million birds that exist today in every U.S. state but Alaska, several Canadian provinces, and parts of Mexico. Now don't go anywhere and make sure you like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me. March on Outdoor Channel is all about the Nuge. I'm an old, happy, bow-hunting, guitar-playing, American dreamer. The best of Ted Nugent is on every night. What in tarnation? This is so simple, even guitar players can do it. All March long. Hallelujah. Just what the doctor ordered. Join Ted Nugent for the best of the spirit of the wild. This is a moment of infamy. Every night in March at 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. I am so glad you tuned in today because we have a very special show. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. I'm in love with this. Hey, if you're just joining us, you miss old Miss Bunny. Trav, did you know that uh, uh, a lot of people actually hunt turkey with bow? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do it myself. That was uh, strange. You go with me. Anyway, you film it. Anyways, we are talking about uh, spring turkey hunting on today's show. Just now being joined by James Earl Ketimer, and he's the NWTF Chief Conservation Officer there at NWTF. Mr. James Earl, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Hope it is for you. Yeah, it's going pretty good. You know, we are so dry here in the Midwest. Uh, especially Kansas, and uh, we, we always are. We have been, I guess, since uh, the United States was formed. Um, but w- how important is water for wild turkeys? Obviously, uh, everything in, in the world, um, the need for water is very paramount. Uh, yeah, exactly. How does that apply to wild turkeys, though? Well, you have in the eastern part of the country where the eastern turkeys are found, water is not near as crucial because yeah. they they have plenty of water, and they, they get a lot of their moisture from insects and dew, particularly the young poles. When you get to the west, particularly the far west and the arid regions, water is critical uh-huh. because if they don't have a water source to go to, uh, then you're you're not going to have turkeys. They'll move anywhere from four to five miles in a day's time. So, wow. And they don't have to have it every day, but a permanent source of water in the arid regions or out in the plains, is, is crucial to wild turkeys. Now, now the thing is with the with the water source, as you mentioned earlier, they can't get it by drinking the dew, which is really kind of marginal, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And of course, the young turkeys use a lot of that. Uh, we radio track some turkey poles in the east, and they've gone for weeks at a time, and not even even close to any kind of a stream source or oh, wow. pond. So you know, they they get about. Half of their moisture out of the insects that they feed on, which is high in protein, but it contains a lot of moisture as well. Yeah. Now, uh, around here, a lot of people put in guzzlers, you know, homemade. You can run to your local uh, lumber yard and pick up some uh, four by fours, a couple two by fours, and some sheets of tin, a little guttering, and uh, some sort of whether it's uh, um, like you gotta a. You got to swab in. Yeah, to uh, collect the water. Um, is that what you're recommending? Um, to yes, put in one yes, of these? we do. And I think uh, there's, there's several different kinds of guzzlers uh-huh. that you can put in. Some in the, in the West 
where you've got a pretty good uh, short supply of water at very frequent or infrequent times, yeah, they'll have a big basin with a little trough that'll run out from that. So you may store several hundred gallons of water that will be metered out from that, but it can be as simple as just a small structure like you're just talking about. But water is crucial when you get to those conditions. Yeah. Now, uh, you had mentioned that uh, the poults and possibly even the full-grown turkeys get a lot of their moisture from insects. Is there insects that they enjoy that has more, say, uh, uh, liquid value to them than others? Most any of the soft insects like uh, grasshoppers or crickets, those are real good sources. They, they really prefer those. Anything with a high moisture content within the body as opposed to something like a wasp or a stink bug, mm-hmm. they'll feed on all of those things, but they don't get as much moisture from them as they would from grasshoppers or crickets. Man, that'd be a terrible morning. What'd you have? A couple wasps. Or how about feed on them, believe hey, it or not. I had, a, I had a mouthful of dung beetles the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, let's say we have plenty of water, but we don't have any cover, and we want to provide habitat for the wild turkey. What would you recommend us doing? Going out and get a soil sample, possibly planting something? How would you proceed with this? If putting in a guzzler isn't what we need to do, uh, what would you recommend? Well, I, I think it depends on the amount of acreage that you got. But I think importantly, <clears throat> you want to make your management plan and look at what is missing from what you have. Is it brood habitat yeah. that turkeys are going to come to in the spring of the year? But, you know, if once you can put in a food plot or some of the things that will be additional foods, you need to do a soil test for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, it's going to save you money in the long haul because if you just go out and say, I'm going to put several hundred pounds of fertilizer out, you may be wasting fertilizer and it costs you money. So a soil test to look at the pH as well as what the nutrient needs that you're going to have for the crop that you're going to plant is crucial to do. Yeah. Now, I have noticed that uh, uh, when I'm out hunting turkeys, I have found that they like to roost over water. Now, what the heck is that all about? Well, I, I think it's a safety mechanism. You find a lot of that in the swampy areas of the eastern part of the country. They get out over water because they feel safe. Anything mm-hmm. that's coming to get to them on the roost is going to have to be in the water, of course, and it's going to, uh, of course, alert them that there's something after them. So they like to get out over water and then sail back down on dry land because it just makes them feel safe, and it, and it does help them in that way. Yeah, I don't think too many bass have eaten turkey. No. <laughs> it's pretty safe up maybe, there. Maybe a poult or two. I, I always heard that they, they like to uh, roost over water because they like to uh, – Hear their droppings hit the water. Is that true? <laughs> little plop, plop, fizz, fizz I, there. I, I doubt that's going to be anything that you'd need to worry about. <laughs> Once again, uh, uh, we're talking with uh, James Earl uh, Ketimer with uh, NWTF. He's the Chief uh, Conservation Officer. Now, what is their aversion to going downhill? You know, I, everybody knows about this, but I've never really delved into this. Um, why do wild turkeys, especially the toms, uh, they would rather um, go uphill than downhill? Well, I, I think it's uh, a couple of reasons. One, it's kind of like in the military. It's always better to be on the high ground. You can uh-huh. see and you can control it. And I think those gobblers like to get up high and so that they're looking down. The hen is to come to him. That's why he gobbles. And so when we're turkey hunting and making hen sounds, we're making that gobbler do absolutely the reverse of what he's programmed to go do. So... It's very, very, if not impossible, if you're below them trying to get them to come off the high ground, they're just going to stay up there and wait on you to come to them. Mm -hmm, You bet. Hey, we've been talking with uh, James Earl Kinnamer, and he is the uh, Chief Conservation Officer for the National Wild Turkey Federation. That's right. Hey, coming up next, we got Ron Spomer. Everybody's favorite yard gnome, Ron Spomer. (laughs) He is coming up next, outdoor writer and uh, TV personality. Uh, Now, Mr. James Earl, one more time to find you guys online to hook up with you, possibly become a member of the NW. WTF. What do we have to head to? What do we have to head to to do that, buddy? Uh, go to www.nwtf.org. Got to hop online. And we would love to have everybody to be a member of the NWTF and uh, help us with our Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative that 
we're trying to work all over the country to do. Yeah. And unlike Obamacare, it is so easy to sign up. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's healthier One for you, too. One stroke of the pen. <laughs> That's right. Well, once again, talking with James Earl Kenimer, and he's the NWTF Chief Conservation Officer there for the uh, NWTF. And Ron Spomer is coming up next. Here is a quick word from Mr. Mark. Uh, take a listen to it. James Earl, man, thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Outdoor Channel on Talking Turkey. An adult male turkey normally weighs between 11 and 24 pounds and has a wingspan of 49 to 57 inches. Males, also called toms or gobblers, usually have a beard growing from the center of the breast that averages about 9 inches in length. Though they can grow much longer, and it should also be noted that 10 to 20% of hens have beards as well. And the record wild turkey taken in the United States weighed in at a whopping 38 pounds. So we'll return with more spring turkey action after the break and be sure to follow us on twitter at twitter.com forward slash underscore otn if you crave bow hunting outdoor channel is the place to be on monday nights look at this deer we've got some of your favorite personalities he's lived in the den for over six months along with some of the best hunts anywhere we're in alberta hunting him with a bow gear up for the best bow hunting on television these are the land of the giants one awesome night all at one place. Prime Bows by G5 Bow Hunting Monday. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle combines features of the Ruger American Rifle and innovations of the 1022 Rimfire Rifle to appeal to all bolt-action enthusiasts. It features a modular stock system that provides comb height options for scope or iron sight use. A power bedding integral bedding block system for outstanding accuracy. A Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger. And a 1022 style rotary magazine for reliable feeding. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle. Another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. Enjoy Hunter's Blend Seasoning, packaged in camo and hunter orange by High Mountain Seasoning. For birds, deer, or other wild game, find it in stores or go to www.himtnjerky.com. Please begin. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Let's get to it. Hey, if you're just joining us, you missed old uh, who the heck was James it? Earl Kenimer. Jim. He's the NWTF Chief uh, Conservation Officer. This guy knows a lot about turkeys. He knows a lot he about knows turkeys. Ron. Everybody knows Ron. Ron is the head turkey. Actually, Ron Spalmer, very prolific outdoor writer, television host, uh, maintenance man, whatever you want Ron to be, Ron can do. He's a very handy guy. Uh, I just read a great article you put out, Top-Notch Turkey Chokes and Loads. Um, now let's get into this. You know, I think that is one thing. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to grab my shotgun, uh, get the right shot I want, throw in a choke tube, let's go out and kill a turkey. But there's a lot of steps you need to take before you ever get to that point, don't you, Ron? Oh, man, you've got that right. You know, you can't just go out blind and say, I hope I shoot a turkey. And if you keep it within 25 yards, you'll probably be successful. But as most turkey hunters know, that big old gobbler likes to hang out at maybe 40 or 50 yards. What does your shotgun do out there? You need to put it on paper. Yeah. So the key is really shooting paper with it because turkeys aren't moving when we shoot them. We shoot them in the head. So it's really accurate to just shoot targets that are the size of a turkey's head to see how many pellets consistently hit it at different distances. Mm-hmm, yes. If you want to extend your range, obviously you're going to put a tighter choke on because that always condenses that pattern down range. And they've got the screw-in chokes now. You can do a full choke, extra full, turkey choke, turkey, turkey, turkey choke, you name it. They choke it down. And you just have to figure out what your shotgun and choke choice will do with the kind of ammunition you're shooting. So there are a lot of variables, guys. You've got to really try a lot of different loads. Yeah, now the thing is, when you're out there, and of course you know, normally want to use what, like uh, number uh, uh, twos and fours, possibly? No, I wouldn't go to twos. Um, five or four. Obviously, when you use a smaller shot, you get more pellets in the load. Mm-hmm. So you think, well, I'll, I'll use six shot or even seven and a half because there's more pellets that increases my chances of breaking that turkey's neck or hitting the brain. Mm-hmm. But those lighter pellets are going to run out of energy further downrange. So beyond about 
35, 40 yards, you're not necessarily going to get the lump you need out of those smaller pellets. Mm-hmm. Now, the number four pellet, if it's made out of the same material, usually lead, mm-hmm. it will have a lot more mass, so it'll retain more energy farther down range. Mm-hmm. Now, in your article, uh, you point out that, you know, a while ago, shooting any turkey over 40 yards was kind of taboo. And now with the right equipment, if you know what you're doing, 70 yards can be done, even though you don't, you know, you're not promoting people to go out and do that all the time. And, and, and you talk about, you know, everybody thinks of long range shooting. You think about uh, the weather, wind conditions, stuff like this. These are all things that come into play uh, when you're turkey hunting, especially when you're shooting 50, 60 yards and that tighter choke you're talking about at 15 yards with a really tight choke, that's like a single bullet flying out there. What it's going to do to that paper, that that turkey at 50, 60 yards is a totally different story. Boy, that's a good observation. And I think most people don't understand that a, a charge of shot at long range is affected by the wind and gravity the same as a bullet. Yeah, With exactly. bullets, we think, you know, at 300 yards, the wind's going to blow it off target. I better compensate. Few people think about that with shotguns, but it's even more applicable with shot gel because those pellets are a lot smaller and lighter, so they're affected a lot more quickly by the wind. Mm-hmm. Gravity's always consistent. You know, you're always going to drop 32 feet per second in accelerating force. Yeah. So you need to aim a little bit high. But th- again, this is why it's so important to shoot those targets. At 50 yards, where is the center of your shot charge? It's probably not going to be as high as it was at 25 yards. And if the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour, that's going to push that whole shot off to the side. And you need to have a rough idea of how that happens. How far to compensate? Do you hold six inches off your target spot or eight inches? How fast is the wind? How far is the target? It all plays a role. Just a lot of experience is required. And I would rather gain that experience on a paper target on a turkey's head than a real turkey. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, when I first started hunting turkeys, now that would be back in the early 80s, I mean, it was said, you need to get a 10-gauge shotgun. And then you guys went to uh, 12-gauge and, you know, two and three-quarter, then three, then three and a half. Uh, some guys actually started using 16s, which are pretty effective. And now people are hunting with 20s. Now, what do you think about that? You, you know, you're absolutely right, Tim. Uh, what happened with the big 10 gauges back when is that we didn't have the kind of shotguns in 12 gauge that we have now. 12 gauges today with three inch shells and especially three and a half inch shells and the overboard barrels and those tighter chokes will give you the performance that the old 10 gauges with the standard full choke did back in the 70s and 80s. So why mess around with a big old heavy 10 gauge? Most people are getting more than adequate performance out of their 12 gauges. And yes, now even 20 gauges. Obviously, you don't have as much shot in a 20-gauge shell, but you can you can throw it just as fast and mm-hmm. just as hard. A four shots, a four shot, and if it's going at 1,300 feet per second when it leaves the muzzle, it doesn't matter if it's a 12-gauge load or a 20. It's just that you have fewer pellets in the 20-gauge load. Mm-hmm. But if you practice, you know, shoot those targets and figure out what works and at what distance and then just stick to that as your limit, you could easily get 50-yard performance out of a 20-gauge. Yeah. Again, we talked with uh, Ron Spomer, outdoor uh, TV personality and writer. Now, Ron, before we go on with this, man, if we want to find out more about you, also this article, Top-Notch Turkey Chokes and Loads. I'll tell you what, uh, man, you put out some really good stuff, very uh, knowledgeable man. Again, where can we find you online, Mr. Ron? RonSpomerOutdoors.com. He's the man. You got some great photography. I mean, there's some awesome yeah. shots. There's like a new one you, you standing you on this mountain. Buy, you buy those at tourist shops or what? Working for Travelocity, he gets around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got to check him. I got to check him out online. Uh, Ron Spomer such a great guy. Coming up after the break, though, we're going to have on Denny Galvis with Galvis Custom College. He's going to be talking about uh, vocalizations, turkey vocalizations. As we are talking about a uh, spring turkey hunting, here is a quick word from Mark, we want to say a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel. Also, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's. Mr. Ron, man, thank you so much, buddy. Hey, thank you, guys. Jim Crab, we'll see you down the road in the turkey wood. Tell-
Outdoor Channel on Talking Turkey. There are only two species of turkey in the world. The North American wild turkey, which is divided into five distinct subspecies. Eastern, Osceola, Rio Grande, Miriams, and Goulds. And the oscillated turkey, which is found only in Central America. Harvesting the eastern, Rio Grande, Miriams, and Osceola birds qualifies as a Grand Slam. A Royal Slam is considered the same four subspecies as well as the Goulds bird. And finally, a World Slam is made up of the previous five subspecies plus the oscillated wild turkey. Got it? Good. For more spring turkey tips and products, be sure to visit OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Tuesdays, all your favorite hunters can be found in one place. Right here. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits. <laughs> what a nice buck. Look at that. Outdoor Channel is your home for the best big game hunting. From turkey hunting to every type of trophy big game. Baldies, some backstrappers, some does, some cactus donkeys. There's only one place for hard-pounding excitement on Tuesdays. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Perfect gift for a hunter. Hundreds of stories and photos of big elk, deer, moose, and more. Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037 today. All right, listen up. Listen, my little friends. You are listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hey, you're just joining us. You missed old Ron Spomer. This guy knows a heck of a lot about guns and chokes and just all kinds of things. Yeah, talking about chokes and loads on today's, uh, well, he was talking about chokes and loads. Uh, we're talking about spring turkey hunting on today's show. Just now being joined by a Denny Galvis of Galvis Champion Calls. Uh, Going to be picking his brain about uh, calling some turkeys. Now, how did that deal work out? What, what was it back in 1984 when you made that deal? Kind of like uh, making a deal with the devil. You made a deal, though, with turkeys. You wouldn't harm them if you could film them. Yeah, that's uh, kind of interesting because, you know, I uh, I was always into photography before that, and I hunted turkeys with a shotgun and uh, loved every minute of it, but I couldn't get enough of it. So yeah. I, I told my wife that uh, I would like to try to film them a little bit more, and I did. And I was able to get them into 35, 40 yards, oh, what I was yeah. usually normally used to shoot them at, but I couldn't get them any closer. And yeah. Anyone who knows who's uh, familiar with taking pictures or filming knows that that distance just isn't uh, that great. You know, it's nicer to have them closer. Yeah. I come home one day frustrated, and uh, I told my wife, if I could just some way communicate or tell those turkeys I'll never hurt them again, but they'll just watch me film them. And uh, she just kind of thought I was going over the edge, and she already kind of knew that, but she kind of cemented, that cemented it pretty much right there. But Yeah. So uh, amazingly, within the next three months, I had 30 to 35 gobbers, sometimes as close as 10 to 12 yards away. It was almost really? like a light switch. So, but that's that's exactly how that story came about. It's true, <laughs> and I've never went back on it since, and I never will, really. He's a yeah. man of his word. Yeah. Now, now the thing is, uh, when you made this deal with the turkeys, uh, you didn't go ahead and tell them that the stuff that he, you're going to learn from them uh, is going to cause a lot of their demise. <laughs> Obviously, you? yeah, you make custom calls and <laughs> yeah. stuff, you, you know, that's tools that's for killing them. Point. <laughs> that's an excellent point. I've made several videos now and showing how to kill them. But uh, no, I never did that. Maybe probably some of them are trying to figure figuring that out right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never do it, but I'll instruct millions on how to do it. <laughs> now, this is cool. Now, before we go on with this, Denny, to find out more about you, your calls, your videos, everything, uh, where can we find you online? I'm um, usually on Facebook quite a bit, and uh, even if you did a Google search on Gulfus Wildlife Adventures or Gulfus Turkey Calls, it'll get me here and uh, or give you a phone number. I don't have a website, which is really kind of like I'm dragging my feet on that. Everybody in the whole world has a website now, but uh, uh, you can I can be reached that way directly here. Uh, Midwest Turkey Call Supply, uh, who's one of the deal, biggest dealers of turkey calls in the nation, handles some of my products too. So okay. there's a couple different avenues you can follow. Yeah. Okay. In that uh, up close and personal uh, deal that you made with the turkeys, and you found out that uh, they have a lot 
uh, vocalization going on that most hunters miss. Were you surprised by all of the different things that you heard? Well, I knew to that point, you know, I knew at that time, and, and, you know, that was back quite a few years ago, uh, but I knew that their language meant a lot to them. And I, as a cameraman, I've learned that the the light calls, the close-in calls, are the ones that are most important to me. Those are the ones that very few guys really know about, something you usually don't hear a lot in the woods because you got to be close to the turkeys. But those little vocalizations that the turkeys do throughout the day when they're amongst the sm- when they're within a small group are some of the most important. Uh, turkeys can hear so fantastically well. They can hear yeah. so much better than we can. And, and those little sounds, even though they might seem like they're far away, those turkeys can hear that stuff. But the little contentment purrs, the little contentment clocks, uh, feeding calls, these, these are going on all day long. Uh, they have a meaning, and the meaning is it's, it's like a comfort. It, you know, everybody's comfortable. Turkeys are gregarious. They just like to be in a group with each other, and uh, they don't like to be separated. So those little calls that are, they're doing amongst each other, it's kind of like a warming thing. It's uh, just comforting. It's a comfort zone for them. Yeah, Jim is definitely not gregarious. He is not no, sociable no. whatsoever. Now, what do you think <laughs> best mimics those sounds? I mean, you know, obviously um, a box call. You know, not too many people are really using box calls anymore. Oh, Actually, that's one of my favorites, but, but you know, my, 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 the easiest for me to use is that little spring-loaded yeah. job. What do you think best duplicates those sounds? For me, you know, I would like to say, well, naturally, I'm a, I, I manufacture diaphragm calls, so I would probably come out and I would have to be a fool <laughs> not to say, well, a diaphragm call. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> really, uh, I'm not that way. Uh, a diaphragm call does an excellent rendition with a lot of practice. Uh, slate calls mm-hmm. uh, mimic the, the light sounds that the birds do very well. The only drawback is when the turkey's at close range, when you're using a friction-type call, you've got to use your hands. Exactly. And the turkeys are going to catch the movement. And that's one of the you're biggest bust you. of a diaphragm call. Now, it seems like, you know, when I'm out there with my diaphragm or whatever, you know, at home practicing, my buddies do it. It seems like we do it to the point that we like the way it sounds. We think it's amazing because everybody likes to hear themselves talk. And the turkeys they, run. They like to look at themselves in the mirror. Everybody in this whole world has Googled themselves. <laughs> um, you know, we're so vain that we like the sound of our own voice and in, in what we can duplicate. Do you find that most people... Um, they're not even close to how they should be calling. It, it's kind of like buying camo. It attracts more hunters than it does concealing you from game. Do you find that people are really calling completely wrong? You know, it's interesting. Just asking that question tells me you must be spending some time with turkeys. <laughs> so that's an excellent, absolute excellent question. He works with one and, every day. <laughs> yeah. At least one. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's a perfect point. A lot of guys fall in love with their own calls, their own sounds. And a lot of times that can be detrimental in the woods. Uh, yeah. Call too much. But you got to read every situation. <clears throat> but what I'm finding out, you know, I mean, it's, this is what really keeps me going, you know. We have come so far in the world of turkey calling from way, way back. Uh, the devices, the technology, everything has changed, and we've gotten so much better. But <clears throat> it's amazing to me that still every single time that you hear a live hen in the woods, you can tell her almost every time. There's something to the way that they speak, the way their voices come across, that absolutely rival even some of the best turkey callers in the nation by far. And that's it's kind of like a goal that I'm trying to get to, And it's almost like an unreachable goal, but Mm -hmm. it is amazing. And that's what keeps us going, you know. But uh, the point that you made, a lot of guys get carried away with their calling. They they fall in love with it. And the biggest mistake a lot of of callers and a lot of hunters make is they get repetitious. Uh, They they hear things on YouTube. They hear things on videos and recordings and things like this. Now, it's almost like what I always like to say. It's like learning a a line of a a language. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say you wanted to teach me French and and you taught me one line of French. Mm-hmm. And I'd be perfect, I get perfect that one line. Well, how foreign is that when you go out there and you do the same sounds over and over and over again, you know, instead of learning what the whole language is about. And that's what really good turkey calling is. And the turkeys today, being that they're pressured in a lot of places, and they've heard a lot of different calls, the caller that can go out there and actually make different sounds and actually communicate with the birds by varying their sounds, their pitches, yeah. and their rhythms the way that real turkeys do, those are the guys that have success. You bet. Hey, we've been talking the head turkey. We're talking about Denny Gulvis, and he has some great calls. Gulvis champion calls. One more time. Do you have Facebook, Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, you can go directly to Denny Gulvis and get your hit be when you can, you can pick me up right there. All right, we want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. Also, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Also, Cabela's World's Foremost Outfitter at Cabela's.com. Here is a quick word from Mark. Once again, we would talk with Denny Gulvis. 
Golvis with Golvis Champion Calls. Mr. Danny Man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We greatly appreciate you taking the time. That was a pleasure. I really enjoy it. I speak to, you, speak to you last time, and anything I can ever help you with or any problems or anytime, I just love to talk turkey. So anytime you want to call, give me a, give me a button, and I'll share some of the information I've been blessed to learn. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, coming up next, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Wade Bourne. I'm so excited. Sorry, Wade. All right, Wade's coming up next. Here's a quick word from Mark again. I'll return in just a minute. Outdoor Channel on Talkin' Turkey. When mating season arrives anywhere from February to April, courtship usually begins while turkeys are still flocked together in wintering areas. After mating, hens lay a clutch of 10 to 12 eggs during a two-week period, usually laying one egg per day. The eggs will be incubated for about 28 days, and after hatching, a new flock must be ready to leave the nest within 12 to 24 hours to feed. These poults will eat insects, berries, and seeds, while their adult counterparts will eat anything from egg corns and berries to insects and small reptiles. Now for nationwide spring turkey updates throughout the entire spring turkey season, just listen to our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts that can be found at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Wednesday nights, Outdoor Channel is the place to be for the best shooting entertainment. We have the most respected talent and industry experts. A half-inch group at 100 yards. From stunning reenactments and dramatic events. To amazing trick shots. This one you can try at home, provided your home's on the gun range. We've got it all on Midway USA's Wednesday night at the range. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Do you hear that? That's the sound of your next African safari with Kolobi Safaris. Experience Africa's sights and sounds mingled with true adventure of a big game hunt for the dangerous five or any number of plains game animals. If you've ever dreamed about Africa, then you need to book your trip of a lifetime with Daniel and Doria Dutoy, the purveyors of Kolobi Safaris. Hi, I'm Jim Ferguson. I did, and you should too. Look them up on the web at www. Dot K-O-L-O-B-E-S-A-F-A-R-I-S dot C-O dot C-A or call them at 011-83-280-7643. Come with me. You're listening to The Revolution with, with Jim and Trav. Now, here are the boys. I'll tell you what, if you're just joining us, you just missed old Denny Galvis. He talked about uh, calling in turkeys. Get him within... Uh, well, you could smell grain on their breath. A uh, gravy is what I can mainly <laughs> smell on turkey's breath. We are talking about spring turkey hunting on today's show. Just now being joined by the outdoor legend himself, the godfather of turkey hunting, bass fishing, everything outdoors, Mr. Wade Bourne, prolific outdoor writer and TV host. Mr. Wade, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Trav, I'm fine, man. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Now, this is late winter scouting. Uh, for spring turkeys, um, a lot of people, I mean, they, they put so much emphasis on scouting for deer and elk and whatever else. A lot of people don't think about scouting for turkeys. Grab, you got to know where the turkeys are before you can shoot them. Uh-huh. I mean, and a lot of people, uh, you know, they practice their calling. They get good gear. They, they do everything except figure out where they're going to be <laughs> on the ridge. I mean, the spot on opening morning where they are sure there's going to be a hot turkey. And uh, so I have always made an effort of doing a lot of preseason scouting. You can't scout too early because those winter flocks aren't broken up. You know, so I'm talking about maybe three weeks before opening day, I'll get out and I'll start driving and listening and, and I always take uh, maps with me. I have a, a full set of contour maps and, mm-hmm. and I will drive old back roads, you know, yeah. places that I've hunted before that I have access to hunt in a new year and, uh, and I will stop and listen about every half mile, uh, for about 10 minutes a spot. Uh, and I may shot gobble, or I may try to encourage you, you know, get a turkey to gobble back at me. But oh, yeah. Do that right at dawn, mm-hmm. and I'll cover in a given morning, I'll try to cover like 10 miles. Oh, wow. Territory. Big and area. And then wherever I hear a turkey gobble, I'll put an X on that map, or mm-hmm. I'll write a little note. And, uh, and, and I like to have, before opening day, I like to have uh, 10 to 12 goblin turkeys located you know, I know where they are. I may not know exactly where they are, but I know they're in the area, and I know they staked out that territory. That's their gobble strut zone area. 
But, uh, you know, that's it. And when, when opening day comes, I can go into the woods with a lot of confidence, mm-hmm. go to the spot. You know, I've got, I've got an X marked where I heard that turkey gobbling two mornings before. Yeah. And he's still going to be in there somewhere close. And uh, so I'll, I'll go right in there and try to, you know, I'd like to set up within a hundred yards if the terrain and the, the foliage will let me that first day. And, uh, and, you know, I like to shoot that first turkey in the first 10 minutes of the season if I can. Yeah. Holy now, cow. Now, the thing is, uh, you're talking about going out early in the morning uh, before daybreak. Do you ever go back later in the afternoon and roost them? Uh, rarely. You know, I, I don't hunt much in the afternoon. Uh, I'm not saying that would not be a workable strategy. But, you know, I'm a, I'm the type hunter. I'll hunt. Uh, typically, I'll hunt in the morning till 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock. And then I leave them alone in the afternoon. That's when I do my chores or do my work. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to an area just to hunt, if I'm taking a trip, for instance, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll roost. Uh, typically, just hunting my area around home, I'll just hunt only in the morning. And I know by that time where there's enough turkeys, so I don't have to roost. You know, That's what Thanksgiving's all about. Yeah. Earlier, we were talking with Ron Spomer about different loads and chokes and talking to Denny Galvis about calls. And I mean, there's so many with, with with shotguns and what you can do with these firearms now. You can realistically shoot a turkey and be pretty confident as long as you know how your shotgun's pattering at 60 yards. Uh, you can take a bird out. But with like decoys and everything else, do you think that people are um, using more or less technology so much to their advantage and not relying on their own skill set? Do you think yes. that that's a... I'll, I'm, I'll stop you right there. Yes, I do. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I hunt with a 20-gauge and I shoot number five shot. <laughs> oh, uh, now then, I, I, will, I will tell you this. At 40 yards, a 20-gauge will put just as many, with a good choke tube, a 20-gauge will put just as many pellets in that turkey target's head as a 12 gauge will. Yeah. Uh, you, because your pattern is, it's, you know, the pellets that you do have in the 20 gauge will be in a smaller group. Uh, you don't care how many pellets you fly or how wide your pattern is. You're concerned about how many you put in that little head size target. And so I don't sacrifice any efficiency out to 40 yards or mm-hmm. maybe 42 or three yards with a 20 gauge than I would with a 12. Mm-hmm. But I still, it goes back to what I was talking about. The, the, the challenge of turkey hunting is to call that turkey to trick him, to yeah. fool him into coming up into your space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I kind of regret the fact that, that these new loads and, you know, the, the focus is more now on the end product, yep. going out there and picking up that turkey and holding him up and looking at him than how you got him. Mm-hmm. I still like to, you know, to to hunt close to that turkey and to have him looking for me and and uh, and I, you know, sometimes I get in there and fifty yards and hang up and I can't get him. Well, okay, when the turkey walks away, you know, if that happens, I just go quiet and either he's going to slip in or he's going to turn and go away. If he goes away and he gobbles on the other side, then I'm going to make a big circle and give him an hour or so and and start the game again. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, you know, with with a combination of decoys and chokes and loads that will allow you to take shots. And also, I think those long shots encourage crippling turkeys. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. definitely. You know, I, I hate to say that. I'm, I don't, I'm not, don't want to step on any ammunition maker's toes here. But when when hunters are encouraged to take longer shots, uh, yeah, sometimes they're going to make a good, clean kill. But other times they're not. And that turkey's going to run off and he's going to die and, and fall prey to coyotes or some other predator. But, you know, if, if I can get that turkey, my magic yard is, is 35. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I sit down, I take a rangefinder with me to the woods in mm-hmm. my vest. And when I sit down, if I have time, I'll range some trees around where I think the turkey's going to come from. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I know where that 35 yard shot is. And so I will sit there and I will wait patiently. And uh, if he gets there at 35, I'll pull the trigger. And if he doesn't, I'll let him walk off and I'll, I'll come back again sometime. You bet. Well, hey, we got to leave it there, Wade. We've been talking with Wade Bourne. Of course, he is the legend of duck hunting as well as spring turkey hunting. He is a true outdoorsman. It's like I could wrap myself in tinfoil and buy a telescope, but I'm not a, an <laughs> astronaut. This man is a true outdoorsman. To find out more about you, you co-host Ducks and Lemon television. Uh, you ride a whole bunch, plus you have a Wired to Hunt right now, a uh, radio. Where can we find you online, Mr. Wade? 
WadeBourneOutdoors.com. That's where you got to go. You can hear shows and read a little about me and... Uh, so just one click away. All right, we got to get to break. Want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, also Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's. Here is a quick word from Mark, Mr. Wade, man. Thank you so much, buddy, for everything you do. Thank you. Hey, man, my pleasure. Bruce, good to talk to you. Outdoor Channel on Talking Turkey. June is National Turkey Lovers Month, and it promotes eating turkey at times other than major holidays. Since turkey meat is low in fat and high in protein, making it healthier than many other meats, the average American eats 18 pounds of turkey every year, and more turkeys are consumed on Thanksgiving than on Christmas and Easter combined. So here's a word from our sponsors, and don't forget that you can now listen to all of our archive shows, plus watch Adventures of Dad and Me webisodes by going to Outdoor Channel channel.com forward slash revolution you're listening to the revolution with jim and trav oh i remember you your work is ingenious here are the boys hey that's the show for this week trav we got a new station yeah we, we do new station yeah it's a kkdt in burnett kansas uh just outside of hayes we love you boys and girls yes we do a special thank you time well i actually i gotta say a special thanks to uh our now 428 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible and who are those people like miss bunny yeah. Ben joe our producer mark Pedary, and frank the sound guy we also want to say a special thank you to james earl kenimer ron spomer denny golvis also wade born nice guy anyways uh get outdoors this weekend your local news weather it is coming up next uh peace out god bless we'll see you next week bye again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america sports channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.